Well, first of all, Happy New Year, sir. Happy uh, New Year, 2019. Thank Here you. we go. Thank you. Um, this is the third or fourth year we've dawdled wrong and done our podcast. I think we started in 16 or 17, so here we are in 19. Yeah. Who knew? We, Who knew? Still, we still have solved nothing. We have, no, no and nor <laughs> will we today. I'm very confident oh. in that. Yeah, I'm with, very confident. Yeah, with the topic I suggested to you earlier today, yes. I, I may come to regret it because I think I may demonstrate more so than at any other time my complete ignorance and lack of understanding of something. Uh, but let's let's that hasn't stopped us before, I guess. So let's give it a shot. But I would also suggest that if you have been listening since the beginning, you go back to maybe the radio station days. I'm not so sure that wasn't one of our first topics. Mm. And in a couple of years ago, I think um, we were all very kind of wondering and ignorant to what it was going to look like. But here we are, you know, heading into 2020. And is there a bigger? When I say force. David, I mean, from the standpoint of just the conversation, the lack of knowledge, just it's the whole. But is is there anything bigger in in entertainment right now than esports? Well, and there's the big reveal. Yeah, we're going to talk about esports today. I, and so when I was when I was coming uh, to the dome to to meet with you, and you had asked me kind of what I thought we should talk about today, mm-hmm. and I, again, it's our first podcast of the year. It kind of put me in the mindset of what is this most significant issue, yep. uh, uh, change that is going to have an impact on sport. And there's a, there's a number of them. Yep. Doping, we've talked about that before. Uh, gambling, we've talked about that before. But I, I, think, I think eSports is potentially the one that could have the most significant influence and impact across the sport spectrum, um, including marketing, uh, mm-hmm. facility structure development, yep. Um, Merchandise. Merchandising, branding. Uh, I I think it could have an impact across the board. Now, having said that, again, I I come back to the comment I made just at the outset. I I really don't know it that well. It's it's a part of the industry that I don't fully understand or even partially understand. And so, but, you know, again, that hasn't stopped us before. And I think it's worth chatting about and just even kind of hypothesizing about the impacts. Well, I, it hasn't. And, and one of the things that I found really interesting, because now you jog my memory, one of the first times we ever talked about it, you brought up the idea of, could we ever see it in the Olympics? Could we ever see it in yeah. multinational sport? Yeah. And it was only weeks after that that the Asian Games That's made right. the announcement that yep. they were going to include it. And then the IOC was forced to address it. And, and the initial response from the IOC was, well... We have to find a game that can't be a fighting game or a yeah. killing game. And, you know, it's, these are the types of conversations that are being had at the highest levels right now. One of the numbers that jumps out at me was the big game for 2008. Sorry, a big game. I know I say that, and then I'm going to have a whole bunch of fans of other games. But right. one of the bigger games was Red, Red Dead Redemption 2. It's three-day sales. It's first three days on sales eclipsed the biggest movie of 2018's total uh, uh, box office for its entire run. So just a little bit of perspective on on the economy of this, right? Oh, certainly gaming. Now, now, is there even a difference between gaming and esports? And I think there is. Um, My, again, my limited knowledge and understanding of what esports is is where people go to watch other people competing to... uh, 
to, to participate in an online game. Mm-hmm. Now, I think gaming is, is bigger than that. And so the, you know, the, the issue mm-hmm. that you're talking yep. about, I think, would fall under that scope. And then the eSports part of it would then be, a, I guess, a it's, subset of that. It's an interesting delineation, yeah. And okay. then even within that, I'm, and again, I, I am only just scratching the surface of my understanding about the industry in and of itself. And I think there's the whole side of it of, the, of FIFA, as an example, uh, trying to have FIFA World Cups that are online. And NBA 2K, I think, yeah. is an example where Absolutely. you know the more traditional sports right. are trying to align themselves with eSports. But then there's the other side of it, again, that is one that I'm, I'm certainly less familiar with, um, and that's the Dotas, the League of Legends, the Overwatch, the, those sort of things. Yeah. Where and, and those are probably more of the, I don't want to say the traditional esports because it's such a new thing. Um, well, maybe it's not such a new thing. Um, but those are, I think, what, when, when esport aficionados talk about esports, I think that's what they're talking about. I, I even wonder if they even consider the traditional sports mimicking as esports as part of that system. So a couple of things. One, first of all, I just want to, you really hit something that hits close to home for me about the differentiation between esports and gaming. I, you sound to me like everybody that was talking about soccer in Canada in the 80s. You know, the participation numbers, off the chart. Everybody was participating in soccer. But you couldn't make professional soccer. We couldn't get any of the leagues to go. And it was always that, well, it'll never work. Well, how do you explain? Well, you know, kids playing 9- and 10-year-old soccer don't become soccer fans. So it's, it's, here we are a couple, three or four decades later, and here we are with that kind of argument again. Does, yeah. does gaming lead to esports? Does it feed yeah. it directly, right? Yeah. Or does it need to be looked upon in the way we look upon grassroots? That's right. And, you know? the, the long-term athlete development model of esports. Well, well yeah. right. So the other part that you brought up at the end of that is, to me, the traditional... Those games that you brought up, those are esports. I look at FIFA, Madden... Um, NBA 2K, NHL, I look at those as activations. I think those are league activations. I think those are yeah. sponsorship activations. Because I'm not sure those... I mean, FIFA and Madden are very big. and All of them are very big. But I'm not sure that they have the same crowd. I'm, again, I'm not sure the people going to watch Dota and League of Legends are going to watch Madden and NBA 2K. I agree. I think, I think we're talking about different audiences different cohorts, different groups. But, and so when it comes back to what we were talking about right at the outset, what's going to have the biggest impact on the sport industry? And, yeah. you know, the sport industry, does it include esports? I, I don't know. Um, I think this, this element of esports, though, is going to challenge us that are more traditional sport managers uh, to think outside the box because there's going to be audiences that we've never considered before or don't know how to work with and, and I think I think it's gonna go both ways. I think we can learn from esports and I think esports may learn from right. traditional sports as well. Or have we already learned the lesson? And then maybe this is our shortest podcast ever. <laughs> um, my father ran two billiard halls in in Edmonton when I was a youngster. So I was aligned to snooker at a very young age. So I knew Jimmy White and I knew Cliff Thorburn. Yep. And, um, you know, I, I knew that in the 80s, I knew the big names. And uh, my, we were very passionate about snooker, as a handful of people were that watched it on CBC at midnight on Friday nights because that's when they played it. But there was always that, will snooker get into the Olympics? Will darts get in the Olympics? And then somebody said to me, 
the difference uh, darts snooker are games they're not they're not sports there's a difference between sports and games have we not already determined that is 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 it esports or is it e games i guess you know what i'm saying like yeah. have we already made, consciously we made that decision before I, I well if we have i still think it's open for debate okay um, and so I think I think we can make delineations and say no, chess is not a sport, um, or motor, I don't know, is is Formula One a sport? Uh, like I think should either one be an Olympic sport? Uh, you know what? Listen, I, I think I think that that question is not done. I don't think it's settled. Was I, golf in that at one point? Did we have that? With perhaps golf? I I don't I don't recall that. Listen, people didn't think women could run the marathon until 1984. So I mean, <laughs> so you're saying things evolve. Things evolve. Things change. Yeah. And, and, and listen, I mean, the, the sports that are included in the Olympic schedule, if we're talking about, the, about Olympic inclusion particularly, has completely evolved. Skateboarding. Um, I don't think you would have predicted that back in the 80s. No, not at all. Um, climbing, uh, you know, et cetera. I, I, so I think there are examples of sports and hybrids of sports within the Olympic schedule that you wouldn't have predicted even five years ago. So to me, that's, an, that's a quickly evolving and quickly changing model. I, I, the discussion about esports being included in the Paris uh, schedule in 2024, I, I don't know if that's been closed. I seem to recall that there was somebody in the IOC who was quite a strong supporter, and they're no longer, uh, yeah. uh, no longer doing so. And I don't know if it's because they passed away or if they're no longer part of the IOC. I can't recall that. But I, it, I, I, I don't think it's beyond the, the realm of possibility if somebody else becomes a champion of eSport in the IOC and pushes it. Mm-hmm. And if the IOC is trying to be cognizant of being uh, attractive and in, of interest to a younger demographic, uh, listen, I think, I think it behooves them to at least consider it. I, I have to admit, as, you know, as a 50-year-old professor, mm-hmm. this is one of the reasons why I think I even you know, you know, p- posited as something we should talk about. And I have to admit, I just came from a coffee where I was talking with three colleagues, one of whom was really articulate on eSport, and I just spent the hour listening to her and was amazed yeah. um, at what I've learned. And I think it behooves me to learn more about this because it's what my students are talking about. It, it is. It's, it, it seems to me in my professional lifetime there have been two new entries into mainstream sports. There's probably been more, but I just want to deal with first NASCAR and then UFC. Okay. The NASCAR came the late, really surged in the late 90s. Yeah. And part of the lure there was the uh, the connection between fan and driver. Yeah. They got it. They did it better. And all of a sudden, they started appearing on, you know, over-the-air networks and, and non, you know, uh, non-cable sports channels. And yep. they became a real hot property. Um, and they were heading into the new new millennium, the sport to watch. I'm, and it's still, it's a, it's still. A, I, I don't think it ever overtook everything. It's still a going concern, but I think it's kind of found its spot. And it's UFC is the other one. UFC was human cockfighting. Human, yeah. UFC was banned in New York and banned everywhere. And Saturday, I think Saturday night, it's now on NBC in prime time. Right. So we've seen these kind of that argument about, well, that can't be a sport or it won't be a sport. Those arguments are over. Nobody gets to make that determination yeah. other than people. And I, I think the people have spoken so much so that I think it is here to stay. I think it's beginning to rival what we consider mainstream sports. But what I don't see is necessarily, and maybe it's still to come, is the transfer of audience. I think it's just picked up audience that wasn't sports fans anyway, 
and and maybe that you know again comes back to that word sports. Yeah. We associate sports to physical activity, game, teams, all yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've added it to esports. I'm not sure it's the same people. Well, and that, so this is where I think it gets interesting and nuanced. So I think with the Dota's League of Legends, Overwatches, those those elements of esports, I think you're right. I don't know if the interest in those activities are the same as the interest in the Calgary Flames. Yep. But where I wonder if there is overlap is in the FIFA. So the people that play EA FIFA, uh, FIFA mm-hmm. World Cup, but are they also fans of the team that they follow online? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there could be a potential for overlap there. Yep. And I, I, oh, presume, sure. I presume that's why a lot of the professional sport leagues are interested is the economies of scale and the ability to cross, you know, cross market and, and those sort of things. And then there's also the element of facility usage. Although, you know, you and I have, have talked about this offline about, you know, is somebody who comes to watch an e-sport activity, a similar patron that comes to watch a live sporting event and is willing to pay the same amount of money for food and beverage, which is one of the, yeah. one of the huge one profit the generators huge, yeah. for, but, but, you know, if you've got a facility that sits empty, uh, so I mean, you think about Calgary building a new facility. Do, are they purposeful in making sure that the connectivity and the, you know, the 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 the, the streaming aspect mm-hmm. of it is so good that esports is wanting to run their events? Well, if I and I have no, you know, I have no direct ties, connections, or anything. I mean, sure, no. I'll, all cards on the table. I do work for CSEC, but I'm not, I'm not in the building part of CSEC. I'm just in the smaller part. I would, if anybody asked me, I would make sure, and I've said this before, have some sort of 5,000 either, 5,000 seat theater or 5,000 seat, yeah. you know, small arena, which you could convert over yeah. because I think that's, you've got to be prepared for that. With the, with the highest fiber optic oh, you know, that, connectivity you could possibly that's imagine. That's where all your IT's have based yeah. out of, right? Yeah. You know, it's funny because this conversation is it's kind of evolving as we go. But, you know, I'm thinking about it. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about the fans, though. And the example I would give you is if you come to a Hitman game, which is really family oriented, we have a standard we do every game, which is the dance cam. Yeah. And I had to ask somebody early on. But all the kids are doing the, the Fortnite, Fortnite dances. Yeah. Exactly. Right. If, if, if people could see us now, they could see us oh, doing. We we're doing it, too. Yeah, you exactly. Perfectly. Me, not so much. But <laughs> but that's part of it. Right. Like, uh, you know, maybe I'm wrong about this. Maybe it isn't too different. Maybe the next generation yeah. will be foot in both camps. Yeah. There's so much crossover. I you know, and again, like maybe the you know, when, when teams bring in celebrities to act as ambassadors mm-hmm. and as icons you know the, I, i'm thinking of the raptors example with uh with drake yeah you know maybe maybe teams are bringing in ninja uh what toronto did the maple leafs did okay maple, so, so yeah. look i i yeah. i'm already behind the times there yeah 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 that, that that's kind of there's again some of these bigger markets and again i keep saying again but it's it seems like almost in some areas it's it's there and in other areas, it, it almost feels like here in Calgary that there's grassroots, but there's no, you know, no going, you know, going concern at this point. Will yeah. that change? Is, is somebody going to plant their flag here? See, I was hoping that you would look at me and like, you know, like, and ask me how it is I even knew who Ninja was. But you know, you're you're, you're clearly it, you're clearly way up on this too. No, um, <laughs> because again, I don't think you know if the Golden Globes were on, let's say recently. Yeah, I 
there's a lot of the the actors today. You know, I don't. Where's Stewie Steve Gutenberg? I don't see where are all these guys that I knew. Right? Uh, I don't know them, but I think maybe that's kind of a, our conversation. Things like Ninja, things like Overwatch. Yeah. They are bleeding into the sports conversation. That's right. They are part of that atmosphere. Even yeah. on the, you know, the only, and I got to be honest with you, the only reason I know Drake is because of his connection to the Raptors, right? right? So th- that has allowed me entry into yeah. his circle, so to speak. And I, I wonder about Ninja and some of these other things, if it isn't, you know, kind of that cross into the, the world of sport. Yeah, and I think as sport and entertainment and pop culture merge, uh, esports is, is part of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, convergence, and so that, that's why I, th- I do think that there are opportunities that haven't yet occurred, certainly in a Calgary context, because I don't think I don't I, I don't I don't know the esport community in Calgary particularly well. I don't know of a lot of events. There is that one hosted, and as a matter uh, of fact, there will be a, a tournament next week. As as we're podcasting this next week, there is a, a tournament that's got a lot of a lot of hype. Telus Spark apparently is going to be the home to hmm. esports and, and be a venue for esports. So it's it, again, it's coming yeah. right, and and again how that how that connects with sport, how it connects with even potential cross-marketing purposes, how it connects with uh, people wanting to encourage physical activity, right. but also social uh, connectivity. Right. Um, are there ways to, to match those things up? I don't think we've quite figured that out yet. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow your mind now oh, oh, because dude. I don't want to be reactionary. I want to be kind of forward-looking. Yep. I want to throw what I... Th- one of the criticisms always when it, we were talking about snooker and darts, wow, there's, you know, it doesn't take any physical. Look, Bill Weber, right. the former guy, uh, snooker player from Winnipeg, you know, he drank while he played sort of thing. Right. And that's been a criticism of, of esports athletes as well. While they just sit and they use their thumbs and they, you know. How, how far out until the evolution of esports is into the use of virtual reality and the mm. use of space? You and I are doing this right here in the Dome. What if I told you that we could run a virtual reality tournament on the... Just take the ice out, take the boards out, and you're going to wear a head, and you're going to have maybe a gun or something like that that you would use, you know, kind of like laser tag or whatever, or something else. Or we're going to play some sort of new sport um, in a virtual world that uses the platform of, of the arena. But now we're physically into it. We're not just yep. using our thumbs. We're not just sitting down here. Is that the next generation? Is that where this is in 15, 20 years? Potentially. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, it, if you can choose to be actually physically moving versus sitting and playing... And you've got that choice. Which one do you pick? I, I know from a physical educator's perspective, I would prefer people to be more physically active and Correct. moving and manipulating their bodies. And I think already there are you know, examples of people doing virtual reality where they put a full body suit on and it gives them the sense of being underwater. And as you know, a fish mm-hmm. swims by, the, right. the suit mimics the sensation of a fish swimming by you so you really do feel like you're actually physically underwater now if you could you know mimic that so that you're in you think about some of these action games you know certainly the military inspired ones Mm -hmm. uh, like that 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 would be an, an incredible experience to be able to do that 
in a safe way. Uh, but what it, we what we know about combat sports is as much work as we put into them, as many rules as we put into them, they are inherently risky. Yep. There's always going to be the risk of, of injury and, most important, brain injury. Yep. What if you and I came to the Saddle Dome and we sat in the chairs and all of a sudden there was two, three-story robots that were fighting. We could watch them, right. but the actual competitors were on either side of the dome in a confined area. And they physically just yeah. did the moves. Well, that's Avatar, right? So, I mean, yeah, you're having your avatars fight against each other. And I, I now, would people be, like, if you had, if you had ro- robots playing football instead of humans, would that be as interesting? No. No. And I... The, the, the common denominator what makes sports great, which nobody understands but me, David. I'm the only person that understands <laughs> it. So this, if you've listened to this podcast for the first time, you are getting information you will not get anywhere. The key to sports at the professional level as entertainment, the key are mistakes. Well, like the kicker, the kicker from the Chicago Bears. That's right. Right? Um, We're all talking about it. We're yeah, still talking about it. Yeah. Right? You know, the, the goal, foibles of human nature. The, the goal yeah. that happens in a hockey game that we're all talking about usually started off of a mistake. The, the, the foibles were taken out of the sport, yeah. so much so in hockey, that we're now we're trying to put foibles back into the sport. Right. Right? Oh, no, you flip the puck over the glass. Okay, you've got to go sit down, right? Yeah. Um, we've got to create the mistakes you're making now. And, and I, I do think that that idea of autonomous, you know, perfected, I, I just don't think that'll ever catch on. Mm. I think nobody knows it but me, but we need mistake. We need the element of error. We need that yeah. slip or that one miscalculation or I didn't watch for that. Yeah. And I'm not sure we can get that from artificial intelligence. I'm not sure we'd allow that from artificial well, intelligence. Well, and I, I, no, I think you're right. And part of it, too, is, is the changing nature of the human condition, too. So watching athletes progress and knowing that, can Roger Federer still win right. uh, a major? Right. right. You know, at the age that he's at. Right. Um, if whereas if it's an avatar, if it's a right. artificial intelligence, then so let's just. I, I love this. So let me explore this a little bit. Okay. okay. So it's an avatar, but we're not involved. It's it's uh, it's AI. Okay. But are we going to watch it the same way people went to the Tokyo Dome to watch Buster Douglas? He was fighting Mike Tyson. Yep. We all knew this was going to be one round, and that was it. Mike Tyson so was... better get there early. Better get there yeah. early, right? But we got there because there's always the off chance that Buster Douglas might knock out Mike Tyson. And you want to be there when that happens. Right. And if are we going to have that same in the pit of in the back of our stomach, pit or back of our mind, pit of our stomach? Uh, I'm not going to go see the Avatar fights because I, you know, it's that Avatar is so much better than that Avatar. Maybe not Avatars, but I think esports though still provides that. Yes, because it's driven by the individual. Correct. So I go back to: Would we watch robots playing football? No, I don't think we would. That's just my opinion. Because I truly believe in the importance of mistakes. Hmm. As one who's made them for my the entire human, life yeah. and continues to make them now, I'm the, a big proponent of mistakes. Yeah, no, I think you're right. And I think the human condition element is one. And I guess through esports, because the human condition is still driving the, mm-hmm. the, participa- the, the action, mm-hmm. that it still will have that level of interest. And people will still right. connect to the individual who's controlling the... Can, can I yeah, walk sure. back one thing I've said? I don't, I, 
I don't think there will be mass popularity of, of that. I think there will be certain smaller I, I could see a backyard robot fighting league you know <laughs> where all hell breaks loose and we want that but do i see the nfl being do i see nfl players being replaced by robots no i don't mm. and on some level we still love our gladiator component mm-hmm. we still have a gladiator gene in us whether we bury it or repress it or whatever there is some part of it you're a former football player yeah you know i i've been around hockey i still ooh, I saw uh, well, there's a big fight in that Rangers-Vegas game. Oh, Ryan Reed, okay. Yeah. I know I shouldn't like it. We shouldn't like it. Yeah, we yeah I'm not it. necessarily proud of it. Um, no, no, yeah. no, no, no. No, it's very... Um, what well, it's, ne- it's almost Neanderthal. Neanderthal, yes. yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no. I, I, I mean, I've, I've, listen, I've taken up all the oxygen on it. Do you think we're going to be watch robots play football? No. I... I'd, I would watch I would watch any kind of football, but would I watch robot football? I don't think so. I think the human element to me is is a big part of it too. Right, right. What if we had a what if? Okay, let me change your question. Would you watch football with a robot quarterback? If we said we are going to create the Tom Brady two thousand, and every team gets the Tom Brady two thousand now. You can hit them in the head. You can stomp on them. You can pick them up and drop kick them. Do all the things we're not letting them do now. You well, just because have at her. Just because it's a Tom Brady, I would say yes. <laughs> yes, no, yeah, exactly. no. But if um, if but everybody else, all the other players are all human beings except the one because that's that. That's stuff, the one that, that point, gets right. No, I don't because I think again that's part of that's part of the game to me. Uh, is the quarterback the individual? Now, I don't. I like the fact that they're protecting the quarterback. If I'm being honest, I, I think yeah. that's yeah. I think that's good. Do you um, always? Do you <laughs> always? Right when Roethlisberger gets hit up high and it's third and long, are you not kind of? Re- is your arm not reflective? You know, no, no, no. I, no so I don't, no, what, what I'm saying is, I like the fact that they are protecting the health of the quarterbacks. Um, and, yeah, but and, I just said if it's yeah, Roethlisberger, if it's Roethlisberger, gets, I am, I'm, I'm totally for I'm it. Saying, right? If it's Tom Brady, <laughs> yeah, and, you're all well, and that's he, too yeah, much. <laughs> but, yeah. but I do think I do think health and safety. Like we're going, we're going to a different different level. That's what we here. do yeah, exactly. I, I I think I think the NFL has been smart to address that. Um, in part because those are the people that people go to watch. Right. Uh, the Aaron Rodgers, the Tom Brady's, right. the Ben Roethlisberger's, the Right, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, the Drew Brees. Um, I, I think they've been smart. Now, I, I again, like most things, pendulums swing one way or the other, and there were a couple of times early in the season, in particular in the NFL, I think uh, Matthews from uh, the, from Green Bay, there were a couple of times where he tackled a quarterback. Yeah. And in, But you'll notice that those penalties weren't called too much in the last four or five weeks because the defensive players learned how to sack the quarterbacks better. Um, as far as I, I, yeah, as, as within within the league rules, how did we end up? So down they this adapted. Rap? Yeah, they adapted. But do we like it? Because like, I got to tell you, if I have a criticism of the National Hockey League right now, and everybody's going to go, "Oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. The fighting's gone." No, my criticism in the National Hockey League is if my team scores a goal, I have to take a deep breath and wait ten seconds. Flat, anybody challenge? Hmm. Anybody review? Was it offside? We had a goal. What thirty-five seconds later, taken back here a couple weeks ago in the NHL after they reviewed it. Oh, no, he wasn't quite across the line. And I find, I don't know, I don't want to be guilty. I don't want to feel guilty. I just want to cheer and score the goal. But now something might happen, right? 
something might happen. Now, if it was all robots and, and the officiating right, was robots, right, right, right. we wouldn't have that. No, but okay, so, yeah. I, okay, now we're getting into officiating uh, and the ability to challenge calls and stuff like that. I, but see, that's where the AI will go first, Yeah. right? What I, do you think? I, again, I don't mind it. I, so let's, let's talk about tennis as an example, right? The ability okay. for players to, to challenge a, a call in or out. I, I like that. Um, I think it's, it, it maybe has slowed Dave, down the game a bit. Well, hold on now. Do you or do you really kind of miss McEnroe losing it on a chair umpire? <laughs> yeah. Right? But that's, that's the guilty pleasure of watching, that's the guilty watching pleasure somebody, of else, sport, right? of somebody else lose their minds. Um, and does esports have that? That's what I don't know. Does esports oh, yeah, yeah. have a guilty pleasure? Do they have? Do they have? Is that part of? Yeah, who? Know? I I certainly don't know. I'm sure they must. I'm sure there must be uh, the same spectrum of socially. And, it's not really acceptable, yeah. but in the confines of this game, yeah. we'll all just agree that yeah. we're just going to watch it, and enjoy it. I'm sure. I'm sure there are. There's such. There's the same range of appropriate and inappropriate behaviors in esports as there is in any other well, activity. Sure. I don't know what they are, though. Again, I, I, you know, as I said right at the outset, the difficulty, of course, talking about something like eSport without really knowing what it is. Like, I, I don't have a Twitch account. so Have you I, watched Twitch? No. So you've never gone on and seen it? No. Yeah. So I've, I speak again completely ignorantly. I have, well, that's not true. I've just, just today had somebody show me what it looks like, um, but I don't have my own account. So I, no, can't, I don't I have can't, my own account, but I have yeah. gone on and watched all the major sports or major games, um, I get it. I understand it. Um, full disclosure, I asked to be part of Rogers um, eSports coverage of the NHL game last year, but they, they, did, they didn't do it in-house. I would have loved to have seen mm. that. I would love to have tinkered around with it. Um, I, what I find fascinating about Twitch is it's kind of like Uber for TV. Yeah. You know, in, in a way, well, hold on. That's, no, no, you take a cab, we get livery licenses this is how you do it we've always done it nope nope now we're in this new economy where no if i got a car i'm going to drive you and to me twitch has just kind of kicked the doors off conventional tv everybody thinks netflix and all those i guess but twitch has really kind of said hey have at her you know what do you want to do and i've seen plenty of examples the la or the las vegas golden knights jumped on and adapted early on um, and so this is, exa- yeah. this is exactly, again, what I was trying to get to at the very outset is it's examples like that where you right. see the convergence of what eSport does really well as an as a umbrella term and more traditional sports. And so maybe, you know, you'll start seeing the more traditional sports trying to figure out ways to be involved in a Twitch platform. But I'm more convinced than I have been ever that where, if there's a mistake to be made by conventional major sports... It's in assuming that if they just come over there and plant their flag. Oh, I agree completely. Right? Like yeah, you, yeah, have, yeah. you can't come over there and talk your yeah. language. You have to come over and talk yeah. their language. I agree. It's their rules. It's their platform. I think, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it would come across as inauthentic. Yeah. And just, oh, I, 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 th- I think it would completely flop. Yeah. And I suspect that's the same with any, I don't want to call it a counterculture or subculture, but maybe, and maybe it is in some respects, but... Um, I'm not sure how many um, symphony orchestras were throwing TVs out of their hotel rooms yeah. and destroying them. You know, rock and roll kind of brought that to the media, yeah. didn't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to to kind of present yourself as uh, 
I don't know, uh, something that you're not, mm-hmm. I think it gets gets easily torn apart. Right. And is and is you know it's it's obvious. It's 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 you know you can't you can't hide that. You, it, it's you can't be real. And so I, and I think people see through that very easily. So I, I think you're right. I think for you know the corporate traditional sports to suddenly try to present themselves as e-sport aficionados and in the e-sport culture i think would be completely inappropriate but i think to try to understand it and to try to uh, see where there are opportunities to glean things from it and Mm -hmm. for i think these i think i but i think the same goes the other way i think e-sport could also learn from the more traditional sporting model about perhaps ways to monetize to create fans to look at other target audiences what fascinates me about e-sports is the proliferation of athletes' involvement in it, mm. that, 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 you know, it's particularly in the NBA. Yep. There's a lot of NBA players that are starting their own companies, buying their own yeah. teams, and I think they bring the kind of, okay, I've been in the system. Yep. Now I'm going to go outside of the system and do it. And, you know, I wonder at the end of the day, David, if the biggest thing, that, that if esports hasn't already proven the biggest thing, that, I don't know, you can articulate it maybe better than I can, but, it's it's always been this is the way pro sports works. Right. We sell tickets. Yep. We talk nice about the other guy. We do and esports has come in and said, "But we don't care. Yep. We're going to do it our way." We we you, well, you can't do that. If you want to be taken seriously, we don't want your approval. We don't need your approval. We don't exactly. need society's approval. Nope. We'll get our own fans approval. Yeah. And I think there's a certain amount of that which has created chaos in the marketplace where some traditional owners, yep. older owners go, whoa, 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 this is, you know, this is not the way, this is not the way Al Davis did it. This is not the way yep. Jeremy Jacobs does it. You know, although Jake, I shouldn't say that because Jacobs, the Bruins own teams in, in esports. So, but you know what I'm saying? Yep. Kind of that traditional model. I, I don't think traditions matter anymore. I don't think traditions hold the same weight anymore. Well, they, it, it's still a bit of a wild west, isn't it? I don't think people have quite figured it out yet. Um, and in some respects, I mean, like, who owns the Chiefs? Or, no, but like, yeah. <laughs> who owns eSport? Like, you know, so oh, that's a great question. So, yeah, I guess a corporation makes a game, right? And then they own the that's right the intellectual property to that game, yeah. and, and they so, license. Yeah, and then and then if if they don't want to run that game anymore, they they can shut it down, I guess. Right. Um, and then what do you? I mean, I guess then. The team can play a different game, but it's the it's the corporation that so owns. So if Naismith had invented basketball and then licensed it, exactly, what would the professional sports model yeah, look like? Right? Exactly, you and know? I think that's a different approach. So I think it, oh, again, I'm I'm throwing around names that I'm not really sure what I'm talking about. I think it's Blizzard that owns Overwatch or something like that. Yeah. So if well, Epic owns Fortnite. I know that. So if they yeah, so if Epic says, you know what, we're we we've decided something and we're just going to change it. There's nobody nobody can do anything about it. I That's don't right. Think. That's right. Yeah, and and it's funny because in the NHL, if you have a rule change or something, it needs to go through the board of governors yeah. and everything like that. Not how this works. No, right. That's, that's, and that's, so it's a it's yeah. a different model that's being compared as apples to apples, but it's not. Um, and that's where again I think the convergence with esport and sport yeah. in a more traditional model. Um, is is fascinating, and you know, even within like we say sport, but and again, it was one of my colleagues that pointed this out to me earlier this morning. You know, Australian rules football, cricket, rowing, 
and bowling are all very different sports, mm-hmm. but they're all sports. Mm-hmm. And so I think the same is same as esports. I mean, we're talking about esport as an umbrella term, but within that, there are probably well, but hundreds uh, of different. Yeah, but, but yeah, but but exact, but use the right way. I mean, it's yeah. it's a collection of video games that are played on monitors by humans. But right? the cultures within each of those may be unique, maybe as they are in cricket, as they yeah, are exactly. in rowing, as they are in and all so, of that. You know, to mark, so you can't blanket. Yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. So you can't, yeah, you, yeah. you can't make generalizations that will apply across the board and say, oh, well, this will work in an e-sport context because the contexts in and of themselves are so unique and different. Yeah. So I always like to end by bringing it all home, and we talked a little bit about this before, but I mentioned soccer and professional soccer back in the 80s. What's the grassroots component of this? You're a father. I'm a father. Do you ever see sending one of your kids to a camp in the summertime so that they can learn to push the X button faster? You know, do you ever see, do you, ever see you know, you going out and hiring a Overwatch coach for your son so he gets some private tutoring? Well, when, again, I don't know the numbers, but I would guess that there are some e-sport athletes making some pretty good money. Um, Absolutely there are. And so, then, you know, uh, I don't know, maybe. Now, I, I'm at the age and stage and in my current context where I don't need to encourage my children to play more video games. No. I need to encourage them to play less video games. Right. Um, in my humble opinion. But, ah, I don't know, 20 years from now, if e-sport is more mainstream and it's certainly more accepted and interesting and and people see it as an actual career path and who knows maybe that does become uh, a a camp option where children are are going to summer camp and learning how to play Fortnite or whatever the game of choice is in 20 years time i'll be i'll be honest and i think i've come a long way on this Um, but i mean i grew up in arcades too like i was my dad owned arcades so you know, I, I remember the stories about Pac-Man fever and yep. kids, delinquent kids staying away from school, putting their coins in a star castle and things yep. like that. I remember that. And I, I'm all, but what I still, to me, what has to be proven to me is the human benefit of the games. I'm still a romantic person i think if you play sports as a youth you learn lessons that you learn yeah you know the, the ability to, to to be resilient you learn how to be a leader you i have to be convinced that you can still learn those lessons yeah. through video games now somebody can say well you know you work as a team. i get that but you still regenerate right you can still uh, and and maybe somebody somebody is listening right now and they're gonna take me out for coffee and they're gonna change my mind but I still have, from a grassroots standpoint, I'm still investing in, in physical activity over this. Yeah, and just from that perspective, and maybe that's maybe that's our own bias and our own myopic view on activity. Hundred percent, hundred percent, and and that's and that and that's inappropriate because there are lots of people that I'm sure don't feel as physically coordinated and therefore don't want to be that person who is the less than and they see themselves wanting to be still socially engaged see i think active. every kid should play a sport but is that wrong well right is that what we're getting to well maybe maybe they shouldn't all play not necessarily the same sport but yeah. i think if if i was going to make one if i was made the ruler of canada today and i'm allowed to make one declarative <laughs> declarative statement for youth 
and I was to pass a law that made it mandatory that all kids under 18 must play a winter sport and a summer sport. I, yeah, I don't know, Rob. I, and I think I, I am cognizant that there are many people where sport is not their thing. That's right. That's right. And maybe it is playing, I, I don't know, Dungeons and Dragons, or maybe it's, yeah. maybe it's playing yep. uh, Fortnite or, or whatever. And I, I think there are still maybe it's coloring some, and drawing, yeah, too, right? yeah. Or, or, yeah. or playing in a symphony orchestra. And I, yep. Yep. And I think there are lots of ways for people. Now, look, from a health perspective, as a physical educator, I still want people to be active. I do, too. Yeah. But well, I don't know if playing a sport is the end all and be all. It, and, but maybe it's, it's a part of a, a spectrum. It's part of a, a menu of things that, that people need to be aware of. Well, you're going to love how I end this show. Um, of course, we've solved nothing. <laughs> but uh, we are here on the uh, Sport Calgary website. And I do want to remind everybody, coming up mm-hmm. is All Sport One City. So yes. if you're an adult looking to try new sports, dozens and dozens and dozens of sports are available to you at no cost. All you do is go to the website here, find a sport, find a location for you, and try something different. And perhaps, <laughs> perhaps in the 20... the most awkward segue in the history right. of segues. And perhaps in 20 years, eSports is one of, <laughs> those, one of those options. I think Katrina might have something to say about that, <laughs> but we do want to encourage everybody to take advantage of this great program. And we do another one, uh, All Sport One Day for Kids, coming up in June, which is fantastic. I agree. My and, children have all gone to that. Right. And, and just wanted to give that a little plug um i don't think we're done with this topic no and, oh, and I what i love about either. our podcast we didn't end up where we started <laughs> we certainly did, <laughs> we not. did not david as always appreciate it sir my pleasure uh, we've solved nothing